Welcome, everybody, to another week of the Owl Nest, covering another week of the Overwatch League. Oh, I guess Overwatch 2 League. That's, that's what the thumbnails have been saying all season, is Overwatch 2 League. Yeah. Um, another week of matches, another week closer to the end of the season. We're almost there. One month, yeah, one month exactly as of today. The Grand Finals are wow. a month from today. Wow. Happening in person in Anaheim. I hope to see some, someone there. I'll be there. You won't be yeah, there. Yeah, all of, all of our many listeners find Hiccup there. Yeah, good like, luck. Sign things. And <laughs> take pictures. Yeah, I'll sign all the merch that He's we have. He's doing meet and greets. Yeah, the whole time. I'm gonna sign. I'm gonna sign our merch. That's um. That's non-existent. It'll be non-existent signatures. <laughs> um. Another week into the chaos that is this current meta. Although it's been so much fun to watch, I've enjoyed. It has been the uh, the funky stuff, but. We're going to jump right into not actually Overwatch League stuff. How about the most important thing that's happened in the last several months? Today is the day. Overwatch 2. Evil geniuses beat... Oh, oh yeah, that. Wrong game. <laughs> Overwatch 2's out. Woo-hoo! It may be getting DDoSed as we speak, but it's out. <laughs> I spent more time in queue than I did in game, yeah. but it is out. It is out, and it was fun. It, I, even though I had to jump to the Asia servers to get any playtime, I still did it. I still played. We discovered some yeah. fun open queue comps. <laughs> yeah, that... like. We we played a couple games with the two of us, and we were doing Junker Queen, Arisa, um, and then we had Kiriko. Kiriko. One game we had B- Batiste, and the other we had Lucio. Lucio. The one and, with Lucio, uh, that Kiriko ult gets popped, and... <laughs> and... And the first one, the one that we had with Batiste, we also had Hog. We had a Hog man, as well. Like, you have those three tanks with two healers and one of them being Kiriko with her ult. It like, was, it's uh, insane. It also, so Arisa funny. with Kiriko's ult is like with so commanding shout. Fun. It's yeah. like, like you go you, running into people with the spear. <laughs> it was so much fun. And the, the short time that we got to play, it was, it was fun. fun. Um, what are your immediate thoughts? What are some things that, that you walked out of your, our short gameplay sessions with? I'm stoked. I, I think, so of course there's the you know disappointment with you know the way the servers are handling things like how much of that is the ddos attack versus other things who who knows but the way i see it is the gameplay itself is insanely fun right now Mm -hmm. battle pass it feels like you're progressing the whole time like i i think just in the little bit of time i had i i'm up to like level five already man i'm up to level Um, three and i played a little less than you did yeah i i did all the daily tasks like you know within an hour pretty much or something like that so it's like it's really manageable it, it, it's and and it's really fun to play uh it, it's like it's it's what overwatch always should be like it just feels better like i feel like the last several months anytime i open up overwatch and go to play overwatch there's the overwatch i want to play and then there's the overwatch i actually do play and, and it just doesn't feel good you get two cp every map <laughs> and you know it, it just stun locked and it, i don't know it's just bad thing after bad thing and this it, it's the overwatch i've always wanted to it's like the idealized version of what overwatch should be made real mm-hmm. and, and i like it yeah i i had a lot of fun playing in the few games that i did uh it did take it it's gonna take me a little while to get used to some of the new mechanics with heroes the one specifically that we were talking about was how when you melee with diva it doesn't stop the boosters now maybe yeah. that's just maybe we're maybe there's just a, a toggle somewhere in settings that we're missing but in overwatch one there wasn't it just stopped so yeah. it'll take some getting used to that the only thing that i'm that you and I both agree, are not fans of is the between rounds math, you know, round results. That's kind of that screen's kind of ugly, and I hope it gets changed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it does not look it's good. It's Really stupid. Because <laughs> it's just half half full color, not none of that cool gradient looking stuff. The well, scoreboard big, as well. My biggest issue with it is it doesn't match any of the normal Overwatch aesthetic. Mm-mm. It's just big and blocky. Like, yeah, which, it, it, yeah, it just doesn't match. You know, even if it was, like, slightly different colors, it might work better. I don't know. I, I just don't see the point of it, but um, 
I could see that changing in the future. And yeah. if it doesn't, if, if that's our biggest complaint is that visually we don't like between rounds round screen, then I, I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. And then I, I'm personally wish the scoreboard was a little different. I, maybe it's just because I'm not used to it, but I felt like it was a lot harder to, to track my team's ults because it's like, it's in a different position than what I'm used to. The ult indicator is just kind of like, Maybe that one just takes some getting used to. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I, 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 I felt do, like it looked better, but... I do feel it's a little intrusive, though, because it's just a big block in the middle of your screen, even though I think it is slightly it is slightly transparent. It is slightly opaque, I think. Yeah. But, like, compared to what Overwatch 1 had, where there was no big, bright colors, it was really just your team's roster and the ult percentage, it does... And all of your stats are at the bottom of the screen as opposed to just right in the middle. I think maybe they could work on it visually to not be as i know i i kind of liked it how it was i i yeah, did get too. that complaint of yours but but i i thought the added information was, oh i like the added information bad. i just wonder if there's and, another and way I they think can you present just, it i think one of the big things is is with it having a lot more information and stuff you don't want to check it like you aren't checking it mid-round as much you're you're probably looking you know Elsewhere well, I'm too. checking it more for ult tracking of my teammates. It's harder for yeah. me to find it, but maybe it's just I need to get used to it. But all in all, other than the fact that the servers are being toastified, are being run on a toaster that's being DDoSed from Narnia, uh, it was all, all, all good. Hopefully it just gets back to fixing because I don't want to play comp until the servers are back up and running. So... <laughs> but I... I with only the the few the limited game time I had, all the stuff, the the account merging was a bit odd. I know that you didn't you don't have that because you didn't play extensively on any other platforms, but I played extensively on Xbox and the stats merged, but the Xbox profile stats are not accessible on their own. You either get them when it's all merged in with the PC ones, or you just get your PC stats. It's kind of weird. But all the skins, all the tokens, I gained, I like basically doubled the amount of coins that I had. I gained all of the Overwatch League skins that I had on Xbox and PC. They both just merged. And any extra Overwatch League tokens I had on Xbox also were brought in. So everything was merged like it should be, which is nice. Um, so the only thing left to try is how competitive works, which I've seen some things on Twitter. It may be a bit funky. Who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. But we finally have the game that the pros are playing, and with the short experience we have with Kiriko, I'm excited to watch the pros play with oh, her. <laughs> so like, there were a couple times throughout the week that, like, like I think the players that will do best with her are are players that are like cracked on Zen mm-hmm. because, like, her her normal attack is pretty similar to Zenyatta's when it comes to like just the way it flies and the way it feels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of those players are just going to be nuts on her, and, and I'm excited to see it. She's such a high skill ceiling character. And I feel like um, like one thing, when I saw her kit, I was afraid she would be too hard for like newer players or t- too hard to pick up mm-hmm. for the average player. But honestly, I, I played some of her, and, and I always felt like I was getting value. Oh, excuse me. Um, even if I wasn't hitting her headshots and stuff like that, like you get value through your healing and through your, mm-hmm. um, through everything else in her kit, her mobility. Yeah. I I definitely will need some getting used to to playing because I mean the one or two games that I played with her, I was not didn't feel like I was getting a whole lot of value. Um, but the thing I will say is I forgot how busted Junker Queen was. <laughs> Which I think is interesting because I was just like right before we started recording, I was uh, I had pulled open um, Flats tier list for uh, launch day. Mm-hmm. He has Junker Queen F tier. I well maybe it's just because we're lower like, skill players, way than lower he is. than anyone else, and and I think that's what it comes down to. But but she's honestly like. She was so much. I mean, pretty, even though we were, good. even though like, we, I primarily played her in our open queue games when we were doing it she just especially when we were playing against a reinhardt she just kind of rolled a rein comp yeah and just run at it yeah and it felt like she uh like most of the the play that i had with her 
was either against a mirror match or against Reinhardt, I think, as well. Mm. And she feels really good in, in, in those situations, um, especially if you're smart about how you use your abilities, mm. and, you know, if you're hitting her, her knives and stuff. But I feel like she's a lot like Ryan, where it's a lot of positioning. Yeah. Um, and, and she has kind of a similar, or, or at least when I was playing her, I was playing her fairly similar to Reinhardt in the way I was positioning and, so was I. and using cooldowns and stuff. And she, she kind of has that same... Um, that same sort of feel she was fun to play a lot of fun i still suck with sojourn but you know i think i will always suck with sojourn (laughs) every time i uh got dps i was like i i always let the other person choose first and every single time they chose sojourn yeah i just i can't hit the real guns to save my life and and I feel like I've seen so much pro play of Sojourn. I know yeah. how she's supposed to look, and I know how she's supposed to get value, and I can't do I that. I can't. I can't do that. So I will. Probably and neither not can be any playing. of the teammates that I get. So. I will probably not be playing a whole lot of Sojourn, but Junker Queen, I feel like I'm getting a pretty good hang of her. Kiriko will take a little bit getting used to, but overall, I'm happy as long as the servers get back to a good spot. I'm looking forward to playing it a whole bunch for the next yeah. many years. How do you feel about the uh, DPS passive? I honestly didn't play in a whole... I mean, I was mainly playing... I played Reaper a few games, and I feel like it helped a lot with Reaper because you were actually able to chase down targets and take them down, and it made Death Blossom especially feel a whole lot better. But I feel like for hit scan, like you're not going to notice it for hit scan because you're not going to be close range. So yeah. if I... The best heroes that are... The heroes that are going to be able to take the most advantage are going to be like Reaper, May, um... Torbjorn at close range. It's going to be like those close range heroes. Interestingly enough, the character that I most noticed it on when I was playing DPS was actually Ash. And the reason why I noticed it so much is because I was looking down my sight. Yeah. And like any difference in speed, it would just boom down your sight. You can feel it. And it was like, oh my gosh, like that passive is there. You'd probably really notice it playing Widow as well if you're scoped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so. but I, it didn't feel like insane, and it didn't feel bad to play other roles in no. DPS, and that was kind of the concern that a lot of people had. Well, was well that... I think the biggest concern is what it's going to do in pro play when players yeah, are actually and, like and... really good. Like if you give a Genji, if you give proper thirty percent extra movement speed and faster reload speed on Genji, uh, that's where I'm worried a little bit. But for your average player, I don't think it's really going to matter. You know, the situations yeah. where it would become a problem would be situations where you were already losing the fight and it just makes it easier for them to win and clean up so oh all in all i'm happy with the thing with with what i've seen and i'm 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 ready for the future but i know about overwatch 2 let's talk about the league let's talk about the pro players that have been playing on overwatch 2 for months now so i want to start we talked about them last week but this week they finally got a win uh shock took down the rain but got rolled a bit by the Toronto Defiant. And on top of that, they also decided, Stryker just decided, I'm going to rejoin the Shock again. Naturally. Naturally, as as Stryker does, retires, he's retired what? Three times? Two or three times now? (laughs) I think so. Something like that. Uh, In their game against Toronto, it didn't uh, make a whole lot of sense what they were doing with him. They, like, brought him in they brought in the Tracer Specialist to play Sombra, and then they, like, subbed him out. It, it was weird what they did against the Defiant. It was not really working too well, and they just kind of got rolled. Toronto just beat them. But then they went over and played the Rain, and that was a slightly different story. I mean, it went back and forth, but even then they were doing weird things with Striker. Like, they had, some, they had Sam come in to play Sombra instead, and then, like, Ah, I couldn't figure out what they were wanting to do with Striker. Yeah, and I think they didn't know what they were <laughs> trying to do with Striker at all. Um, that being said, they did win the match, which is good because, like, like we've said before, like the Shock don't necessarily need wins right now. They no, they to, so it's like they need they to can, figure out they, how to play. Yeah, and they have the time to kind of slowly figure things out. And so, like, 
as long as they look better this week than last week and stuff, which they did, I think they're in good position. And I think they have time to try to figure out like, okay, we have striker now. Where does he fit into the roster? When to, when do we play striker and who do we put him in over and stuff like that? And so I, I think it, it's totally fine for them to be looking just mediocre right now because I, I think they are experimenting and they're willing to do things that they normally wouldn't do. Yeah, and ultimately in the rain game, they just decided to go with the square peg approach and just force Sigma, which like... I mean, I guess if it works, it works. I don't imagine that they'll be able to beat, like, gladiators with Sigma comps, but comfort picks. I mean, at the end of the day, when they were in map five against the rain, everybody just went on comfort picks. Everybody was just yeah. playing what they were a proper. I'm pretty sure they were running, like, Sigma Genji Tracer. They were just playing comfort picks and ended up winning off of it. And at yeah. the end of the day, if you're struggling playing the meta, just play your comfort picks. It worked for London. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great things about the balance of the game right now is... Like, obviously, there's always going to be some comps that are better than others. Mm -hmm. um, but the nice thing right now is, like, the difference isn't big enough that you're just totally screwed if you don't play the meta. Like it was last tournament cycle yeah. with the Junker Queen. It's like, with the Junker Queen, it was like, you play Junker Queen or you're at a huge disadvantage every time you do anything mm -hmm. because it was just too strong. But yeah, this but time... Now things are in a pretty good spot because yeah this the shock we're forcing this sigma tracer sojourn comp at which proper is yeah. a menace on sojourn oh yeah proper <laughs> proper proper is kind of not like as soon as they swapped to the this kind of setup that was when they were able to reverse sweep is when they just went tracer sojourn and then Kaluj was playing diva sigma it was just they were like screw it we're not gonna worry about meta we're just gonna play what we want and it i mean it worked for them they were able to pull out yeah. the reverse sweep now granted i mean they play this next week, looking at the schedule, uh, coming up, they play nobody. They don't play this week. Uh, I believe one of they play this. I know they still play Spitfire and then, and as well as um, Paris. So Paris, they could do just about anything they want, and Spitfire isn't a team that I think they're too worried about. No, and and I think them, even if they lose to the Spitfire, it's not a big. No, deal it's not them. a big deal. I think their 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 win this week over the Rain, who aren't a pushover team, like the, the Rain are a, a good team. So winning against yeah. the Rain definitely looks good. However, they did lose to the definition of mediocrity in the uh, Toronto Defiant. I have never seen a team go so like have the where the universe is so hell-bent on making sure that they are perfectly mid <laughs> the toronto defiant come out and 3-1 the shock and then turn around and get 3-1 by the vancouver titans <laughs> oh good job universe defiant are sitting at a perfect 11 at 11 with a zero map differential it doesn't get any more perfectly mid than that I would love if they went the rest of the year just keeping the perfect 50. Like, end of season with a perfect zero map differential. Even that win-loss? Like, if that if, if, the, if they do that, that's just props to them. Because it's, <laughs> it's impressive to be that middle of the pack. To be that like, mid, yeah. I, I don't I mean they, they have the mayhem and they have the outlaws. Those are their next two games, which are honestly very easy for them to go one and one. They beat Mayhem 3-1, lose to Outlaws 3-1, and then they're back in the middle. So Defiant are weird. I don't understand what how, why what their problem is. Yeah. I mean the Titans are crazy. Aspire was like rolling kids. So it's like yeah, this is not think like a this... lot of it comes down to that because it's not the same Vancouver that you know didn't win a game at the beginning of the season or whatever you know like they they're looking a lot better this this whole stage but it was a different defiant than that played the shock I think they were That's just true. they're contractually obligated to be 
50-50 to be at 500. Pure, honest, 500 Overwatch. Pure, honest. However, with this loss, that does put Defiant in an awkward spot moving forward, which we'll talk about a little later for playoff and play-in qualification. But, like, a loss, of the, it, it's hard to look at... It's hard to get a scale of this team who, when you beat the Shock and then lose to the Titans, you're like, okay, well... You know, what does that mean for the Shock? What does that mean for the Defiant? But, I mean... I mean, the Outlaws, I guess, technically did it as well, but at least with the Outlaws, you could easily point to they were playing differently. Dante wasn't playing. Yeah. Whereas the Defiant, they were playing the same roster both times. They just didn't look as good the second time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know. You do you, Defiant. I want, at this point, might as well. Just finish it out. Be dead even. Just middle of the pack, be the definition of a gatekeeper team, and then lose to teams lower than you and beat teams higher than you. As, and, as opposed to the other way around, which is what a gatekeeper team is supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, just uh, keep up the good work, Toronto. Keep up the good work, Define. At least they're keeping it interesting. At least they're keeping it up, you way. know? Even though they may be dead even, at least they're, ma- they're making fun, good games, keeping good, honest 500 Overwatch. Well, uh, and it's interesting because, like, you know, it. they must have a wonderful sense of humor because it's like, <laughs> who who does like, that? Destroys the shock and then de- gets destroyed by Vancouver. Like, it's just, man, you know that the league's not pre-written because, like, people would just not believe it because it's just, this is just garbage. It's too writing. good. Especially because they go and full hold the Titans on a map. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... They win it. The one map they win, it's a full hold, and then they go right back to losing. Well, they had to prove, like, hey, look, we we are the better team. But we just, we have to keep the 50%. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep it all balanced. We have to take the map Look, this is who we are. We're a good team, but... We are a good, honest, even team. And there's nothing that the universe can do about it. In fact, the universe is pushing them to do it. So at least they're winning games, though. Unlike uh, a pink team from the East. Uh, well, I have no idea who you're talking about. Can't be the best oh, Hangzhou man. team in the league. So only, also the only Hangzhou team. In the Hangzhou are since. Since their run in the midseason madness, do you know what do you know what Sparks' record is in their last ten games? What is it? I don't want to know. They this are one and nine. Good. Their job. only <laughs> win came at the end of Summer Showdown against the the Valiant. That is their Dang. only win since midseason madness. And I'm pretty sure we talked about them after midseason madness is like going forward, like a potentially like dangerous team for APAC. And like, yeah, they uh, they sure screwed that up. <laughs> I mean, they went to five against dragons and valiants, but with how dragons have been looking, that shouldn't like. Yeah. That I mean, it's like, uh. And then the valiant or the valiant, it's like you. Uh, if Spark weren't in the position they were with their leak points and stuff, they'd be in trouble. But yeah. they're not because I think they are far enough ahead that they cannot fall out of. We'll look at it later. Sparker just because Shy is having to play Sombra, it just feels like this team doesn't. And then obviously, I for the life of me couldn't tell you why Neko and Taro are playing. I just yeah, can't. I have no idea. It's, I, it's uh, painful to watch, and uh, yeah, it's it's. Chengdu, like right what are you now, doing with this team? Stop it. They're they're looking worse, like consistently worse than Valiant are right now, and Valiant lost their coach. Like <laughs> Spark, Spark are looking. The the only team that I would say is looking more tragic than the Spark is Paris, but yeah. Paris didn't make you know top five in a reg- in the, in an international tournament. Yeah, and and Paris is NA, so like the West is expected to not do as well. Like it's it's esports. I don't know. I would say that probably nine or ten of the NA teams would beat this Spark team. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Like, the only team that I would not give reasonable chance to beat them would be Paris. Paris wouldn't. Vancouver probably. I mean, Vancouver yeah, just beat I, Toronto. I yeah, but. It would be a competitive game. I wouldn't say the Spark have it easy. 
They, it wouldn't be an easy win. And it's like, if New York plays good, then New York could take... It's like, this Spark team is tragic. Tragic. And even though they'll make it to playoffs, or at least play-ins, I mean, if they go into play-ins and they make it out of play-ins, then everyone else would have just had to beef. Especially because this is going to be the meta that the play-ins are, are done under. Yeah. If Spark really want to have any hope of doing anything in the postseason, they need to figure themselves out and not be not have a 10% win rate. And so far, it's not looking like anything's going to change. I mean, they did go to map five, both of the matches. I mean, but... looking forward, let's see. Their schedule next week, their last, uh, what, two games? Let me see. Yeah, so because this, this week is the last week for, for APAC. They play the Dynasty and the Charge. Yeah, and I was going to say, two if, more they losses. Going to, if they were going to win any matches this tournament cycle, it would have been these It would have been these two. The Tragic Shanghai right now and the Valiant. The Valiant. But they lost both of them, and so I, I think they've kind of... They're boom. Sealed their... Yeah, they, they just... They shouldn't get any wins this split, and I don't think they'll win anything in play-ins either. No, unless they find a way to reinvent the wheel with this team comp, they're just, they're a mess. So, whatever, Spark, you do you, I suppose. But the team that was on the other side of their beatdown, the Valiant, hello, Valiant, are breathing. There's, yeah. there's hope in the air for the LA Valiant. With their win over the Chengdu Hunters... The team that we had touted as the second best team in APAC last week. Yeah, and we were talking about how going forward, they look like a really, a really powerful team, the Chengdu Hunters, but they just got stomped by Valiant. I mean, not stomped. Not stomped. It was close. It was a close but, game. But it shouldn't have been close. It, it no, Valiant been... should not have won this. Like no, coming into the match, you this looked like it was gonna. It should have been a three zero three one, but instead it yeah. went to map five. And Becky, especially having having a the last several games, Becky has been looking incredible on almost anything he touches. Yeah, and yeah, it just felt. It also, it felt like Chengdu was playing a little less organized than they had been like some of their old usage was kind of questionable um and it didn't seem like they were all playing the same game the whole time well that's Chengdu but, yeah. <laughs> yeah welcome to Chengdu but, you know, but like last week they were looking so solid but maybe know, Valiant are just they... better than we gave them credit for I mean we talked about them last week but I mean last week they beat uh charge and lost to dynasty but now play next now they play they play the dragons and they play the charge are the next two games honestly winnable i mean if you take down the chengdu hunters those are winnable games yeah i think and i think if they can win if they win both of those i think it really shows that they are a lot better than we gave them credit for if they don't win both of those i mean there's like no, it's like if they don't win both of them, you're like, oh well, good try. Yeah. If they do win both of them, it, it kind of gets you thinking. Like, is this you know a top a real team team in APAC? Like top. There's only maybe. seven teams. <laughs> yeah, but still. Because I mean, Valiant. If 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 the Countdown Cup was a tournament cycle, the Valiant are three and one. Yeah. Their only loss coming to, arguably one of the, like the best or second best team in the world which everybody is losing to the dynasty. So don't feel bad, Valiant. Everybody yeah. is getting rolled. In fact, you played better against the dynasty than the dragons did. So take, take, some, take some courage in that. You know, make, it, make yourself feel good. But with Valiant's win over the Hunters and everything that's happening, when we go over and we look, let's take some time and look at the playoff play-in picture. And we'll start with APAC. Valiant is only a single point behind the charge. And they play each other this week. If Valiant can win one more game than the charge, Valiant will take the sixth play-in spot. And the charge will be on the outside looking in. Dang. 
Who would have thought that coming into the final week of APAC games, that the Valiant still have a chance to make it into play-ins? And the interesting thing, even if you look now, they they have a better map differential than mm -hmm. Guangzhou. Guangzhou like, just made Summer Showdown. Yeah, so... So, charge this week, other than the Valiant, play the Spark. And then Valiant play the Dragons in the charge. So, if the Valiant want to make it in, they need to beat the charge, and then either beat the Dragons or hope that the Spark beat the charge. Uh, I don't imagine that charge would I let themselves think, lose yeah. to Spark, so Valiant need to beat the Dragons. Which, Dragons, over the last couple weeks... Have not looked great. And they also needed, they needed five to beat the Spark. I mean, so did the Valiant, but the Valiant beat the Hunters, who beat the Dragons. So, I'm, it's like, because I, I genuinely think if Valiant are able to make play-ins, they will have already beaten, in this meta, every other team that they would face in play-ins. Because currently, they yeah. would play the Spark and the Hunters, who they literally just beat this week. <laughs> Yeah. So I, if Valiant are able to sneak in there somehow, which would probably come through them beat going 2-0 this week, I which, think... I feel like a lot of times when we get to these end of season, like, oh, if, if this thing and this thing happens, like, most of the time it's like, those aren't very realistic. This is this, very realistic. Like, this is it, winnable. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely doable, and it's kind of nuts how doable it is that, you know, the bottom team for most of the season might make not just play-ins, but potentially playoffs. Playoffs. You know, it, I mean, it, it, imagine if, if Valiant are able to go to Anaheim after the season that they've had. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would be sad not to see Charge there, but to see Valiant show up in the playoffs, we could have yeah, a battle, boring. We could have a battle for LA in person for the first time since 2019, yeah. even though Valiant... Is only LA by name. <laughs> I feel like Valiant could definitely make a splash if they made it. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe not against like high end teams. Like they're not going to touch like yeah, the top especially NA once teams. Kiriko hits and stuff. I don't know that they'll be able to but adjust as well as it would be fun teams. to see them there because if there was a team that would pull out some wacky stuff out of APAC, it'd be the Valiant. Yeah. But then we go up and look at the NA side of things, and this is where things get a little weird. So. It isn't marked, but Fuel are basically the number one seed. With how Shock is looking, Fuel still Fuel play, uh, looking at the schedule, they play the Outlaws next week, and they also play uh, the Atlanta Rain. So they've got two matches left against the Rain and the Outlaws. At the worst case, they go one and one. Worst case, probably more like two and oh, though, right? But even yeah. if, let's say, worst case scenario, they only win one. They're at 26 points. Nobody can beat it. Nobody can catch him. Mm -hmm. Like, Shock could tie the points, but they would have less regular season wins. So, Fuel basically have the number one seed in... Ooh. Okay, well, they don't have the number one seed internationally locked down because the Dynasty are also sitting at 24 points. Uh, and Dynasty have two winnable games as well. So, if Fuel want to stay ahead of the Dynasty, then they need to win out because if they only win one and then dynasty wins out i think dynasty would jump that they would tie in points and wins and dynasty have a have a, have a better map right differential yeah so dallas needs to win out i think but maybe they hold a head-to-head -head somewhere i don't know dallas in na at least dallas have the number one seed locked up shock are in trouble of losing the two seed to the gladiators because as we said, Shock... I mean, Shock play Paris and London. And more than likely, they probably go 2-0 there. Right? Like, probably. Because as long... If they win at least one game, Gladiators can't... Uh, Gladiators can tie their point total, but they'd have less regular season wins. Yeah. Wait. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Shock just need to not lose out. If Shock lose out, then Gladiators could jump them with a win or two. But the top three are basically solidified. You know, it's whatever. But then the Houston Outlaws, because the Toronto Defiant lost to the Titans, Outlaws are guaranteed end-of-season playoffs because the worst that'll happen is they could fall to six because Toronto cannot beat their point total. 
They can only tie it. Good job, Houston. For the first time in it's been a while. For the first <laughs> time in franchise history, the Houston Outlaws are going to playoffs. For the Woo-hoo! first time in five seasons, my team is finally getting to play in the postseason. Which is weird because I feel like like Houston is never a bad team. Well, they were I in mean, season okay. two and season Houston three. Houston is usually not a bad team. Like, usually what happens is they get boomed down in play-ins. Just, yeah. That's, that's what happened the last several se- last time, two seasons, but this time they just avoid it. They won't have that problem. Now, granted, I think because maybe the website is right, but Outlaws play Paris this week. Like, mm-hmm. the Outlaws are guaranteeing a play-in spot, and they're not going to fall out. Spitfire, Rain, and Defiant, though, are in a three-legged race for the last two spots. Justice is not able to make it in. Florida, I guess, has an outside shot because Florida still has four matches to play and are at 12 points. So if Spitfire, mm-hmm. Rain, and Defiant all just, like, flame out and Mayhem wins out, then I guess they could technically jump into the fifth spot. Unlikely, because they play the Defiant, they play the Outlaws, they play Atlanta. Uh, they've, got a hard remaining sc- they've got a hard remaining schedule. So I don't imagine that the Mayhem do... But they play the Titans, so they have at least one win in there. So they could jump the Justice, but I don't really see them. They're not going to jump into that spot because I don't see Spitfire flaming out because Spitfire still play New York. Although New York did play close to Gladiators, so I guess it depends on which New York shows up. I think with play style and stuff, I think London still has the upper hand in that matchup. You would hope. One would hope. Because if Spitfire or if Spitfire or Rain boom out, and Toronto wins out, because Defiant only play Mayhem and Outlaws, and if Outlaws beat Paris, their spot is guaranteed. And Defiant and Outlaws, if I remember correctly, are the very last game of the regular season. So there could be a world in which Defiant and Outlaws are playing, and the result of that match could determine whether Rain or Spitfire are in playoffs versus Defiant. And if the Outlaws are guaranteed, the Outlaws may do some tomfoolery to try and rig the standings. <laughs> and if there was anyone to do that, it'd be Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake could be like, hmm, this Atlanta Rain team. Let's put them in the play-ins. Or look at the Spitfire and be like, hmm, let's put Spitfire in the play-ins. And like, lose to the defiant on purpose or put dojin i mean it would i would, would hope what would don't. more than likely is they would put dojin for that match yeah and Which... could potentially just have them lose depending on the how defiant play so this week's london doesn't play either so london is kind of just sitting is sitting and waiting to see how atlanta plays because defiant wow there are a lot defiant doesn't play this week either Man, who so, plays this week? London is sitting there looking to see how the Rain perform. Because the Rain are playing the Fuel, and the Rain are playing Mayhem. So Spitfire are hoping that the Rain lose one of those games, so that Rain only jump up to 16 points to finish their season. Because then Spitfire yeah. just needs to win against New York next week, and they're good. But if Rain goes 2-0, Spitfire would have to it's beat really, Shock. Yeah. Would have to beat Shock in order to hold on to the fifth seed. And if they only win one game and go to 16, I think they're still safe from Defiant. Yeah, because they have the higher... They've got the, they've got the higher win percentage and the map, they've got the better map differential. So essentially what Spitfire needs to uh, know... At this point, Spitfire doesn't have the higher... Uh, yeah, they do. They're at plus seven. Defiant are at zero. Oh, Defiant. Sorry. I was yeah, no, no, no. Rain. rain, odds are Rain will probably jump the... Well, no, because if they stay tied... Tied, Spitfire have the point. They have, map. They have the, the win, the match win percentage over them. Yeah. So what it'll come down to is what Spitfire needs to do is not lose to New York next week. Because if they go 0-2 and Defiant goes 2-0, well, Spitfire in the play-ins, and I don't want to be in the play-ins. Yeah. Not against these teams. So <laughs> it's this week is kind of weird, though. But like a large number of the NA teams are not. It's, it's weird. It's a bye week for a lot. Yeah. It is kind of just, um, you know, it is what it, it is. What it is. Uh, anyways, enough of that. Enough of speculation. It's just more important for APAC because it is the final week for APAC. But now it is time for Power 
rankings. Here we go. Uh, things are weird now. Yeah. Let's start with APAC because there's less teams. So, what do we, I really, the only team that we really have to look at is what do we do about this Valiant team? Who just beat the Hunters but needed five to beat the Spark. I think they go. Do they move or does Hunters just move down? I think Valiant go up a little bit at least. Like above Shanghai? Wait, where did we have them? Valiant have are in are in third from the bottom. Dragons. They're behind. They're they're only above Spark and Fusion. It's like, do we think that this Valiant team is better than Shanghai? I don't. I think that their match against Shanghai is winnable, but I wouldn't say that they're favored to win it. Do we think Valiant are better than Charge though? Hmm. I think it's in the same case as the Dragons. I'd say their match against... if When they face the Charge this week, it's winnable. But I think the Charge are the better team. I almost say what this does is moves Hunters, moves down, hunters down. And doesn't yeah. really move the Valiant. So I would... Are, do, do we think Hunters are still above Dragons? Yeah, I wouldn't move them too far down. So just flip, flip them in charge, basically. Yeah, let's do that for now, and I think we're And uh, let's see, looking at the Fusion, the Fusion beat the Dragons, and then the Fusion lost to the Charge in five. So you could make an argument to throw the Fusion above Shanghai and Valiant, but Fusion just lost to Valiant last week, but they 3-1 to the Dragons. Yeah, but I still... I wouldn't want to move Fusion, Fusion above Valiant, because I think Valiant is looking better right now. Okay. Than and, and with Fusion, I feel like they just aren't consistent. consistent. Yeah, it's Fair like enough. their highs are higher than Valiant, but their lows are way lower. Mm -hmm. Do right we now. add a um, uh, all in favor of adding another tier break between Dynasty and everyone else? Dynasty 3 1 to the Hunters and 3 0 the Charge this week. <laughs> yep. Extra tier break. <laughs> another guys. tier break. It, it is absurd how far ahead of everyone else the Dynasty are. It's like not even close. It is crazy how much better they are than everyone else. And like, let me, let's see. Can I? I want to see countdown the countdown cup standings. What is? What is? Come on, I've got the app pulled up. I'm just wanting to see what their what the dynasty's map differential. All right, countdown cup qualifiers. The dynasty have lost one map. It was the map against the hunters. The dynasty are at a plus eleven out of twelve possible maps. Dang. I mean, the Dynasty are about are are looking for just like perfect runs here. <laughs> I I'd say going into playoffs, Dynasty are the favorite to come out of APAC because the rest of APAC can't figure themselves out down here. So I like that Dynasty two tier breaks: Charge, Hunters, Dragons, Valiant, Fusion, Spark. Although this week, with Valiant playing Dragons and Charge, will help figure things out a little bit. Moving over to NA though, uh. There's a bit of a mess to deal with, isn't there? Because Gladiators went to five against New York, of all teams. And it wasn't like it was a reverse sweep situation. No, they straight up just traded maps. New York took map one. Uh, do, do Gladiators belong in the top tier, second to only fuel? After that? I think they move at least... Beneath the tier break. So Dallas are in a tier of their own, or do you think anyone joins them up there? I don't think anyone joins them up there. I think the other teams lack the consistency that the Fuel have. I think Outlaws could are looking really good right now, mm -hmm. and there's a chance, but I, I, I feel like putting Houston up there is just jinxing them. True. Okay, so Gladiators below or above Outlaws? I think Glad's dropped below Outlaws right now, actually. Really? I, I think so. Um, I, I think my concern with the Outlaws, even as an Outlaws fan, is that they play Diva Doomfist. Now, granted, they play Paris on Friday, and that would be the perfect time to test a Dante Zarya. I don't think they will, though. I, 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 think, I think they, they need to, though, Doomfist. because they're not going to beat Fuel with a Doomfist or a Diva. Yeah, that's true. So I think they need to 
they need to widen the hero pool a little bit and at least add the Zarya to their hero pool so that when they're playing against a Zarya comp, they don't just get eaten alive on D.Va. But they look... Is Zarya the Zarya the only thing you can play into Zarya? Well, it's I'm talking about the it, you could play. I think some teams have tried playing. No, Junker Queen was what was played against Reinhardt, which the Outlaws could play. So it's like the Outlaws. I guess you could play Winston if you wanted to to try it, and and I get you could make the Diva work. You just have to dive heavily. I I'm just the Outlaws have some flexibility issues. Because they can't play any of the main tanks, as far as I'm aware. Maybe they've been practicing it with Dante. I don't know. But at least in terms of how they looked against the Shock, I think second best under a tier break, though, is definitely worth it. Uh, yeah. Shock above the rain, though, because they literally just beat them. Yeah. Um, Spitfire got manhandled this week, but it was against Glads and Fuel, so I don't know how much yeah, you can I, write I, into that. <laughs> Like it wasn't. Really I don't think Spitfire move at all. London, London's always been the kind of team that like when they lose hard, they lose really hard because like their play style. And when they lose, it's a team like, that's figured out their play style. Yeah, yeah, and and but I still think I don't think know, they move. Teams under them. I think they they stay in the tier break below the Outlaws, Glads, Shock, and Rain, but they stay above yeah. Defiant Justice Uprising. And uh, I think. Defiant Justice Uprising are probably still in that same order. Uprising didn't play this week. Justice got manhandled by the rain and then beat New York. And yeah. then Defiant beat Shock and then made themselves look silly against the Titans. So I could see an argument to move the Justice above the Defiant. Yeah, arguably. Um, and then Boston, because they didn't play, it's hard to say. This next week, they have a decent... This next week, they play. They literally play the Justice next week, uh, as well as the Gladiators. So I think the Justice game is a big proving ground for the Uprising. And then Mayhem, I think, stay where they are. I think you could make an argument to put New York above Mayhem yeah, after their performance against Glads. Uh, yeah. And then I think you could make an argument... I think we could move Titans into there, into New York and Mayhem's tier after their performance, if not even yeah. above Mayhem. Yeah, I, I think, honestly, I would put Titans above Mayhem just because, like, I mean, them beating Toronto shows life, and I think... And Mayhem didn't play this Florida week. Doesn't, and and I, I don't think Mayhem has shown anything, you know, at all this tournament cycle. That no, the only problem that they have is that someone can't decide what tank to play. Yeah. He's taking his hyper, his hyperflex is becoming a problem. Uh, so this is this week could mix some things up. I mean, Spitfire don't play. Uh, who else doesn't play next week? I mean, there's a lot. Let me see. Looking through this, yeah, Mayhem doesn't play. No, Mayhem plays. Or, this, I mean, this Mayhem week. does play. Mayhem so play. the teams that don't play, Shock doesn't uh, London. play, London doesn't play, um. Defiant don't play. There's a lot of NA teams that don't play. I mean, Titans. No, well, Titans we... play against Florida. Uh, oh, Atlanta plays. Is okay. So it's just like Spitfire and Shock don't play, and I don't think New York plays either. No, they don't. But it's not like New York matters currently. Okay, New York matters in here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. So we currently have five. We have. We have five tiers in NA. So we have the lone top, Dallas Fuel, and then a tier break, and then Outlaws, Glad, Shock, Rain, in that order, a tier break, Spitfire, Justice, Defiant, Uprising, tier break, New York, Vancouver, Florida, tier break, and Paris is always going to be in the basement. Nice. <laughs> they, I, and I'm, I'm pretty confident about these rankings as well. For once. I think these are decent. These are decent rankings. Props to yeah. us for making decent rankings. We're so good. Are we ready to predict some games though, and not Let's be good anymore? Do it. How Let's about how about we pred some APAC games? Oh man, these are good ones though. Final week of the APAC qualifiers, so these games. Well, actually, looking at the ones that are on the docket, only one of them actually matters for standings. And this is probably the most important game to determine. This is the second game on Friday. First game on Friday is Spark Dynasty, so it's literally best team in APAC versus worst team in APAC. Yeah, that shouldn't be entertaining. But this next one, Guangzhou Charge, LA Valiant. 
This one will determine whether or not Valiant have anything to play for against the Dragons. V for Valiant. I am also V for Valiant, Valiant. I believe. V for Victorious. So looking at the schedule for next week, because the match order actually matters. So Valiant and, and Charge play Friday. So Valiant will know what their stakes are, because then Saturday, the first game Saturday, is Spark Charge. So Valiant will go, be going into their Dragons match knowing what they need to do. If yeah. they beat the Charge and then Charge lose to Spark, it doesn't matter what the Valiant do. The Valiant could lose to Dragons and they'd still make it in. But if they lose to Charge, but then Charge loses to Spark, if Valiant can beat the Dragons, I don't think they make it in. <laughs> so in other words, if they beat Charge, they'll know whether or not they need to beat the Dragons on, what is that, Saturday? Yeah. Match order there matters. Mm -hmm. So we're both on board. We're both hoping. I want to see the Valiant and the Plans. I want to see them make it. I love the charge, but the Valiant are a more fun team. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, next up, important for... Not even for seeding. This match holds no value other than it'll give us a good idea of who's better in this tier. So the yep. Uprising and the Justice play this coming week. Man, that's a tricky one. I, I'm confident in the Uprising. I think the Uprising have been looking better, and I think Punk might possibly just diff Kalios. Yeah, and I, I think that's, you know, a very big possibility, but I think... But Decay could also just diff the entire Boston yeah, Uprising. Yeah, well, and I was going to say, Justice tend to look really bad sometimes, but I think overall they tend to be better than the Uprising, and I think if the Justice are having at least an okay day, I think they win. I think if they're having a bad day, they lose, but I think they're... If if they play average, like if they if they play just straight up, you know, I, I honest think, Overwatch. Yeah, just honest, honest, uh, defiant, honest, style def honest five hundred Overwatch. They'll take on the uprising. Yeah, no, I, I I think they have the advantage, especially with Decay. I think Decay, like you said, has the the ability to mm -hmm. just one v nine, and I think should be a good match. Yeah, I think either way it should be good or really bad. Or <laughs> really I, bad, you're true. If the Justice way, don't show oh. up. Because the thing with the Uprising is as long as Punk is, the Uprising play good. They don't, yeah. like, as long as Punk and Crimson well, are playing, Uprising don't, like, crack. fall apart. So I think the quality of this match will be whether or not Justice shows up. Not if the Uprising, the Uprising are guaranteed yeah. to show up. Yeah, the <laughs> Uprising, no matter what, they, like, we know what we're going to see. All right, but so I, I think there we go. Justice. But yeah. All right, so our, there we're split on that one. Justice for you, Uprising for me. Next up on the APAC side of things, Chengdu Hunters, Shanghai Dragons. Um, I hate this. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think the Hunters should be able to take it, right? Yeah, that was actually what I was going to guess too. I, I think the Hunters, like, I think Dragons have been the better team for a long time but i think this is the meta for hunters i think you know if there's a meta to predict the hunters to win against mm -hmm. a good team like this it's the dragons and this also happens to be like a terrible meta for the dragons so if the dragons can beat the hunters here like it just shows that the hunters are a mess can't, can't ever win against <laughs> can't the ever win yeah, a match that matters yeah because i, I yeah the, <laughs> This uh, is their time to win, and so I, I, I think it should be a hunter's win. Should but, be a hunter's win, but it could be a hunter's loss. By their way, it'll be a hunter's yeah. They loss. face off on Sunday. They're the they're on the final day of APAC, so hunters play Sunday. Hopefully, it'll be good. Uh, next one. This is uh, oh look, it's the hunters again. Hunters versus Fusion. Two inconsistent teams. Who comes out on top? Um, let me look at the standings. Are the Fusion playing for anything? Technically, yes, but not really, because the Spark are probably not going to do anything. So Fusion essentially have the number three seed locked up just out of nature of the Spark sucking. So Fusion... Although Fusion do play Dynasty, so it's like if Spark wins 
no, Spark are two points down. So Fusion don't have... They, they, this isn't a, a must-win situation for them, so they're not super motivated. Well, obviously, they're motivated to win, but it's not like a do-or-die yeah. situation for them. Uh, nor is it for Hunters. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going with Hunters on this I one. I am too. Uh, for the same reason that I'm with them over Dragons, you know. And, and I think if they lose one of these games, they'll probably lose both of them. That's uh, honestly, you're probably right. <laughs> but but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm with you. Opium. I'm on it for the hunters. Here we go. All right, and the final game, the what should theoretically be the banger match of the week, played on LAN once if you again. Three zero a banger, then no. Yeah. Hopefully. It's a banger for the sake of the audience that paid money to go and see this match live. Although the outlaws weren't very favorable the last time this happened. Battle for Texas version 2 of 2022. This time being played in Arlington in the classic arena at the this Fuel House. Fuel 3 owing the outlaws. I think you're probably right. Maybe the outlaws squeeze out like a control map doing something yeah. funny. But I think Hanbin's just a, a warlord. And as good as Dante is, uh, he's not Hanbin. Yeah, I think this season the Fuel have shown when they're able to play the meta they want to play, they dominate. And, and you know, they, like right now with the Zarya, Hanbin is just cracked and the rest of the team's looking just as good. Uh, Although... Which- I, I will be honest that outside, like you look at the tank matchup and like, okay, Hanbin clearly diffs Dante, but I'm going to be honest, you look at the rest of the team and I don't think it's as clear. Like, I think yeah, this I, game I, will I come think... down to the fact that Hanbin's just a god, not because the fuel, because when you look at the teams as a whole, the outlaws actually have better players as a whole than the fuel. Because I think Lastro Creative, because their double flex is better than Fielder Chio, because Chio's not a Zen player. Well, that being said, the fuel have the advantage of all sharing a brain. Exactly. As a it's team, like they're a better. As a team, and, they're and, so better. So that's the thing is, is I think, and, and as individual players, they aren't like bad. They like they can hold their own. But the fact that they, it's like they have all the best things about all the t- the other teams. You know, they have cracked individual play, um, but with the, you know with better teamwork than anyone else like it's just it's crazy to see and i think as long as this remains the meta no one's going to be able to to you know get even close to them yeah i would like to see it be close i i the only way the outlaws win is if the map like the map pool that's played goes slightly their way and then pelican and merit have like a god tier game or or jake is like a lot of the maps in rotation right now work for the Zarya comp work for the Zarya comp. I mean, like that's the, why APAC no plays so much of it or anything like that. And so it's like, I think no matter how the map picks turn out, I don't think there's a situation where outlaws get more than like one or two maps. No, if the outlaws win this, it'll be because they've figured out how to play a Zarya comp and Dante doesn't beat Hanman, like holds his own just enough for Pelican and Merit to do something. Or for Lastro and Creative to do something. Because I will say that the one thing that Fuel don't have is like a top-tier Zen player. Because Chio yeah. is not a Zen player. So if the Outlaws are somehow able to abuse the fact that they can use Discord way better than Fuel can, if Fuel even try to play Double Flex, Outlaws could try to and like catch Hanbin out with Discords and hacks and just focus him down. Because if Hanbin's dead, I think then the Outlaws suddenly have fights they can win. So I think it's, it's Operation Kill Hanbin. Yeah. Um, but the Outlaws don't need to win this game to guarantee playoffs because they play Paris. So it'll give them some momentum and some confidence coming into Dallas, at least. A 3 0 over the wimpy Paris Eternal. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Outlaws. You beat the, the cripple. <laughs> so well, haven't won it yet. I, I could see, I think it would be hilarious if Outlaws lost to Paris I... and then beat Fuel. That would be the most outlaws thing, and if they lost to Paris, it'll be because they put Doge in. I could genuinely see them putting Doge in to play this match, 
I think Doge will play at least one map during. Well, the I, if if it were I up to if I were Jake or Junkbook, I would be having Dante play Zarya in this Paris match on Friday. Like yeah. straight up, I, I would be using so. it. I would be using it as a can we play a Zarya comp with Dante? Because if you can't, well then Dante just goes Diva and then you just roll the Paris Eternal. You know. You at least have that. Back. You're like, oh, Zarya comp's not working. Okay, fine. We'll just go murder the back line. <laughs> Uh, anyways final week of APAC games we have two weeks left of NA games some teams are not playing this week some teams are not playing next week but it is we're, we're approaching the final countdown coming in yeah. but honestly Overwatch League is just uh, uh, something between us and Overwatch 2 so <laughs> the unfortunate truth that someone had to say it so yep. Enjoy the games this week, but more importantly, enjoy Overwatch 2 when the servers are not being DDoSed. Enjoy yeah, the game to, of the future. Uh, now to go sit in queue for... Go, time for us to go hour. and sit in queue. Actually, okay, I'll be completely honest. This entire time that You've been, been in queue? I have had Overwatch 2 no. open waiting in queue. Oh, you've been in queue. You've been in queue this entire time? Yep, still retrying. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Okay. Well, well then we'll get back to Q Simulator 2022. Maybe uh, the rest of you will get to Q Simulator 2022. But with that being said, we'll catch you all next week. Take care. Bye.